Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Keeson. With me today is the woman who knows how to set personal boundaries, Alex Standy. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. I'm not 100% certain whether or not uh, my cat Joy is going to join us. He's up on the table. He's threatening to come over and, and kind of... Uh, uh, photobomb us on the video. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it is on, on Thursdays, right? Alex? The only thing that's missing okay. on Thursdays these days, we don't have Dan like we had anymore. You know, we have, you know, that, that, that was like a big part of Thursdays. So, yeah. so joy isn't quite a good substitute for Dan, but not quite. You know. <laughs> but we appreciate the joy. He does what he can do. That's the most. Yeah. <laughs> So as our guest pointed out, you're all purpled out today. You, you got, I think you had extra purple. Did, did you like purple the walls or something? I'm not sure what you did. The walls have been purple. Yeah, I thought so. So, uh, so something's yeah. more purple today. I don't know what it is. I think it's because my hair is teal that everything else looks purple. Oh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, okay. All right. I'll go with that. That's fine. And our, our guest, I, I actually, you'll notice, Alex, I, I forgot to ask about the pronunciation thing. So this is going to be another opportunity for me to butcher a last name. In this case, it's not just one. It's like, it's like two and a half last names, you know, so <laughs> this is going to be fun. But Coach Lorianne is joining us. And, and, uh, all right, Lorianne, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot here. Lorianne de, de Julio Castilla. Very close. Really well. Really well done. It's Diulio Casio. Diulio. Okay. Yeah, so All right. Say the, D, the U and Leo as in Leo the Lion. Diulio and then Castillo. So, yeah. Okay. Well, close. Not bad for somebody yeah. who's never taken a Spanish lesson in his life. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's Italian, actually. Is it Italian? Well, let's put it this way. Romance languages don't fit into my resume. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so with you. That's why I usually just do Coach Lorian. Yeah. Easier, and I butcher people's last names, so I don't even try. <laughs> I well, I like to do it just to see how much of a fool I can make of myself. Sometimes oh. I actually get it right, which is really astonishing, but uh, mm-hmm. you never really know what's going to happen. But anyway, thanks for joining us, Lorianne. And um, we were just chatting about how we're, we're actually geographically fairly close because Alex is in uh, Cape Cod. She, she's um, uh, like within two or three hours of where I am, I'm near Hartford, Connecticut, and, and you're on Long Island. So like yep. we're all like Northeast right today. Oh, hello. Kind of <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, we're in proximity. Pretty cool stuff. So, Lorianne, give us an idea of uh, how you got to be a transformational success coach. Fun fact. Um, so I used to be marketing and, dire- and business. Um, I worked in a lot of different companies doing marketing, uh, business, sales, you, you name it, I've done it. Um, and through all that process, I would actually ultimately end up coaching, mentoring, being a muse for the leadership teams, uh, whether it was um, in politics or if it was in a business, I, private sector, public sector. I always ended up being that person to say, so do you really mean to be doing this or did you ever think about doing that? Or is there a reason why you're thinking this way? Or can you do, you know, can you be better than that at this point? Um, and I always ended up doing that. Never knew I could get paid to do that until about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that this is my zone of genius where I can really see seven, 10 steps down from where somebody is to be able to, to help direct them. And when they say something, I'll be like, did you want to go that avenue or would you consider doing this avenue? Because if you go that avenue, this, that, and, and 
this is going to happen. And mm-hmm. so many times they would be like, no, it's not. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You and then know? it does. And then it does. And they come back and they come back and say, so how'd you know that? And it's just like, it's just a knowing. Um, so, so, you know, try this and they would start asking questions. So fast forward, um, I started getting trained by all the greats in the coaching field and in my field and, uh, really started looking at what's more in alignment with who I am, what I want to do and how can I serve others better? And, uh, and that's where the progress and process took place. And so I morph a lot of different coaches techniques together add some different modalities, things like meditation, if that resonates with the client. I'll add things like tapping, if it resonates with the client. I'll add, add things like journaling and mindset and law of attraction and all these different little things to help them get where they want to go. Because at the end of the day, our success is about taking action. And that's something that I'm really good at helping people do is harness their energy and take action. And I really have a group of people that's so particular about the fact that they get stuck in taking action and yet they're mm. superstars at what they do. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Everybody experiences it. Doesn't matter. Rich or poor, superstar, unknown, makes absolutely no difference. We all run into resistance points. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's that resistance because what are we afraid of, right? We're afraid mm-hmm. of failure. We're afraid of you know the F word. And it's like it's mm-hmm. not. The actually a failure I've transmuted into falling forward. And you take the the I and you just add a little foot to it that says fall as opposed to fail. We fall forward. How do we learn? By failing. We don't learn from our successes. That's why we don't celebrate Mm. as much as we should. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I got up today. Woo! You know, some days it's hard. (laughs) True. You know, we fight our way through it. So, yeah. So falling forward is taking that failure and we learn the most from our failures. And failures give us an opportunity to do it better. Try it again. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. we can't, you know, when you, when you become a sports person or think of anything that you've tried, have you come out of the box successful? You have to keep working at it. Right. If sure. two, two, two thoughts come to my mind. First thought is that uh, I, I don't know. I keep beating up on this guy because he's the only interview I didn't publish <laughs> out of over 1900 episodes. He's the only one I didn't publish because he was such a horrible interview. But one of the reasons he was such a horrible interview is he, became a millionaire his first try at age 18. And so he had nothing to teach because, like you said, he hadn't failed at anything. (laughs) Success. And and he didn't know what to do to help somebody out who was struggling because it was easy. Just go start doing it. No problem, you know. Well, he had zero resistance. That's why he was so successful. He did. But but he created it later on, though. It was amazing how much resistance he had later on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that happened because he didn't understand the formula that he was working exactly. with. He fell on, into it and he yeah. was just doing it. I, I have a partner who's like that. He doesn't even realize he's following law of attraction. Really? He just does it naturally. And it just amazes me. And I, I watch him sometimes. And I was like, do you realize? And he's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, never mind. Just keep doing what you do. And I don't want to <laughs> don't complicate things. Yeah, right. like, well, good. Just keep doing what you're doing. And it's, it's really, really cool because, and, and I'll, I know why is our success success codes are all in us when we're here, when we come here. So we have to go internal and he uses this phrase and I, I just adore him for it. I, it used to drive me nuts when we first started dating. Um, his phrase was that doesn't work for me. <laughs> so let's think about that phrase. That doesn't work for me. 
it's not saying I don't want to do that. It makes you feel bad that maybe you're doing something that he he's being judgmental about. It just doesn't work for him. And I'm like, that's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant phrase. It also stops you. It's a hard stop. Where do you go from that? It takes everything off the table. So when he used to say that to me, I'm like, that's so annoying because he's yeah. <laughs> off the table. <laughs> and so, but then when I started really looking into it, I was like, it's so brilliant because it doesn't put you in a defensive mode. It's similar to it's none of my business what anybody else thinks, as opposed to, you know, I don't care what they think. That's defensive, right? It sounds defensive, whether you mean it that way or not. It sounds defensive, but it's mm-hmm. none of my business what anybody else thinks. Ooh, that's not defensive. That's a hard stop too. So those two things, I love those phrases a lot. Mm. I can see why. And and by the way, when she said, Alex, that she has learned from all the greats, she was not exaggerating. We're talking like Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, Brene Brown, Tony Robbins, Byron Katie, Mary Morrissey, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Vitale, Esther Hicks. I mean, oh my goodness, the last wow. is gravel. <laughs> yeah. And Jack, um, I'm so fortunate that Jack Canfield is my own mentor. So he's now become a friend. But so, you know, I know the Canfield methodologies, which is very experiential when I do speaking engagement, it's mm. very experiential. So what that allows me to do is wherever someone is on their spectrum, I meet them exactly where they are because they're having the experience based on what they know at that moment. Mm. So, they can go through that same exercise over and over again and have a different result over and over again based on their growth level. Oh, that's fair. interesting. Yeah. It, it, it comes through too. I mean, it's pretty obvious. As soon as you jump onto the mic here to start the show, your, your enthusiasm is just pouring out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, when you get that kind of input, you that, that kind of teaching, no wonder you're so excited. I mean, how I could you not be? I get to do what I love. I get to do what I love. You know, I, I get to help other people. My goal is to help a million people find out either what their purpose is or help them on their trajectory to attaining their dreams. So if I can help in any little way, that fills me up. Like just to see my clients get so successful. I was just speaking to one this morning. I love her to death. I started working with her a year ago. She was making low five figures. Now she's mm-hmm. making high six figures. Nice. And it's just, it's a shift in the mind. It's a shift in processes. It's having a process. You know, it's mm-hmm. just doing those things and taking action. You know, I call a lot of the people that I work with as Super Bowls. You remember those Super Bowls? You remember these things? Mm-hmm. And they go in all different ways and it looks like a hot mess. And mm-hmm. really it isn't. If you think about it, it's not a hot mess. It actually, there's a reason and a rhythm to it if you actually watch it and you pay attention. And it's the same thing with people like myself, perhaps yourselves. I don't know if you fall in that category, um, where we have so many ideas and we're going so fast that we don't really take the time to complete all those tasks. So we kind of feel like we're incomplete, like we're not finishing things. Some of us feel like we're failures in some aspects because we're not completing things from beginning to end. Or we don't have 25 years doing blah. We have doing this, four years doing this. I jumped over here. I learned this. I trained with all these different trainers. Sound familiar? Um, <laughs> me in a, in a nutshell. And I figured out that, you know, the energy that we have similar to a Super Bowl is just so high. We have so many irons in the fire. We have so many ideas that we're, we're not even finished with the first idea and we're on to the next. We speak mm-hmm. so rapidly. We're, you know, we're having a conversation in New York in our mind. We're already in Florida. 
you know, so it's, it's that kind of thing that happens. We we're Maximus interruptus because we're having <laughs> a conversation. We already finished that. We, you know, we already knew what you were saying. We have to wait for people to catch up to us. So all of those are qualities of the Super Bowl syndrome that I founded. And um, what we do too, is we get paralyzed to take action because sometimes we don't know where to start. Sometimes we don't know, you know, what our next step is, which is different than knowing where to start, right? Um, mm -hmm. so sometimes we just can't get out of our own way. Sometimes it's just having a hard conversation. So what's taking, what's preventing us from taking that next step, that next leap? And then how do we harness this crazy energy that you were talking about? How do we harness this crazy energy so that we can utilize it to keep in our, our lane? So I figured out how to do that. And now I help others do that so that they can feel that success that you feel when you push all the way through. Wow. So, so Alex, as you're listening, I mean, you're listening really intently. I can just see your face right now. It's just very, very intent. When you're listening mm -hmm. to this, I mean, what what's standing out to you? Because Lorianne is throwing so much really interesting stuff to us there. But I, I get the sense there's like one or two things that are just like jumping out at you right now. Well, I see what she means about starting and finishing things, not personally, but I know people like that. So I, yeah, most of them have ADHD. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't require medication. Right. It requires, it requires understanding who you are and harnessing that energy. See, one of the things that we do, and this is classic Super Bowl, is if you, if you harsh, if you stop our, our forward motion, if you stop mm. our creativity, we take our ball literally and go home. Mm -hmm. We don't want to play anymore. It's like, nah, I don't want to do that. I lose interest, right? We lose interest in it. And it's because we can't keep going on that craziness, mostly because our energy is so high that other people are like, dear God, please sit down, just stop. <laughs> and, and, and it's really because we just have so much of that effervescence and we don't want to kill the effervescence. So how do you do that? You got to harness it. And you got to be able to learn how to focus it so that you can get from place to place. So you don't suffer from that. You're, you're, you're a beginning, middle and end person. And that's awesome. I don't know what that looks like. I know. How to <laughs> don't know. I, I've never lived that way. I look at people like you, Alex, and I'm like, that's your magic. You're just magic because I'm just good at super focusing. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what it is, is we have to learn how to focus that. So that's mm -hmm. those are the people that I work with. I mean, Alex, right now, when, when Lorianne was describing that Super Bowl type of personality and, and mm -hmm. the, the look on your face, you, you just, you're, I don't know if you realize this, your smile just kept getting bigger. Because <laughs> you know who I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Well, my husband, I love him to death, but good God. <laughs> he cannot sit still. He cannot fit. He finishes. He never finishes a project. It's always... Well, what, we could do this, and then we could do that, and then I, I just want to watch TV. <laughs> yes, yes, it's called stacking. It's called stacking. They put so much stuff. We do. We put so much stuff in one day that you know it's no wonder we're exhausted because we're yeah. Like, and we can do this, and then after that we can go pumpkin picking, and then after yeah. pumpkin picking we'll go to the vineyards. Yes, let's go to the vineyards. And after the vineyard, oh my god, I'm exhausted. I haven't even left the house yet. Yes. I'm like, I'm tired just listening to this sentence. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just want to stay home. I'm already exhausted. Yeah. So, so what you do in that case is mm -hmm. why don't we just pick one? And if we have time, we'll do another one. 
But yeah. let's just focus on one so we can be ever present. And when mm-hmm. we say that, that that brings us back into control. It's like, oh, yeah, we wanted that. Yeah, we definitely want yeah. that. Let's do that. You know, so that helps you not get crazy because those stacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We but we know it's so, so cool. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, let's let's finish one thing before we move on to another. Let's just try it one time. It, I guarantee it's going to feel great. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. And it, it does feel good because mm-hmm. in the end, even though we're bouncing all over the place, when we get that that beginning, middle, end, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Come see it, check it off. We like to cross things off a list, check them off, hear the ding. I have this um, this uh, program, this app that I use, it's called Microsoft To Do. It's a free program app. Mm-hmm. Recommend you you download it if you don't have it. Um, and it not only does it make a ding when you check it off, it also puts a line through it. Oh, mm, satisfying. So yummy. That's that is just goodness happening over and over again. And it every time we do that, we clean up our opens, incompletes, and messes. What that allows us to do is it allows space to allow other things to come in, like our creativity. So you'll see us spinning a little slower because we feel a little more in control because we actually completed something. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I, I actually have this uh, freebie that I give away. It's called um, Three Steps to Cleaning Up Your Opens, Messes, and Incompletes. It's a really good place for a Super Bowl to start. Mm-hmm. Really good place. I, I'm just curious, Alex. Is Kenny watching? No. <laughs> he's not work. watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> I suspect he's going to be seeing this one of this, or hearing this one at some point. One yeah, he, he watches later. Yeah. yeah. So, Kenny, there you go. Played it out for you. <laughs> There it is. I always get off and I'm like, oh my gosh, this episode was for you. You have to watch it. Every episode, no matter what it is, there's something in it for him. Oh my gosh. Love it. That's funny. I love it. it. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking about the, the Super Bowl, um, personality, which is an Mm -hmm. interesting label for it because it is kind of all over the place. It's what Alex mentioned ADHD. And one of the, the associations I think most people have about ADHD is the idea that uh, a person who's classified that way has trouble focusing their attention. I've always taken the position on that, that they, they don't have any trouble uh, focusing their attention. They have, they have trouble deciding to stay focused on it. Like they, they're, they're, they're really good at focusing on whatever it is they want to focus on. It's just that they're, mm-hmm. what the shift, what they're focusing on is shifting continuously and it's not satisfying somebody else's standard about what to focus their attention. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a selection. So they can yeah. focus on things that are interesting to them, things that yeah. are not. Um, but that, that's, that's ourselves telling ourselves something, you know, we're, we're trying to fit everybody into a box to work a certain way. Mm. And we have to look at the fact that we don't all work the same way. Here's an example. I'm, and, and this is a disability that I didn't know was a disability. They, they would claim it a disability. I don't find it as such because this is just who I am. Is I'm picture backwards, big picture backwards. I can't function if you say, go do this. I'm like, why? What are we going to do with it? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing it? No, just go do that. No, but are we going to do anything more? Here's mm-hmm. a reverse of that. Um, I used to have a, a secretary who worked for me, and I could give him a task to do A and B. And then I had an intern that would work for me and, and he would do it unbelievably exponentially quickly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And do a really good job. And I had an intern as well. And I would give the same prop 
project to her and I'd give it to her and I'd say, do A and B. And she would go, can I do C and D as well while I'm doing it? And I'm like, excellent. Yes. <laughs> Big picture backwards. So I need to know where we're going to go so I can bring it back and know, understand the steps we're going to take. Because if I can see an opportunity to take step one and two at the same time and just instead of just one, I don't want to go back and do it again. Right. right. So if I can, if I can um, make it more efficient, I'm going to try to make those suggestions. So that actually was the learning curve. So when I went to law school, that was helpful because we knew where the end result was. Now it's rebuilding it backwards. Perfect sense. It's logical to me. Right. Mm -hmm. If you look at a coaching, where do you want to be? This is where you are. Where do you want to be? We can do that, too. It's working mm -hmm. backwards. So that deficiency, that challenge that I might have actually works for me in exactly what I do. That's why I'm supposed to do this. That's why this is my purpose. That's why I have this ability to work big picture backwards. And some people like my secretary could only do A and B. If you said A and B, and if you could figure anything out, let me know. Didn't even cross his mind. He did A and B. That's it. And then mm -hmm. you give it back and you go, can you do C and D now? And he would do it. So it wasn't like it wasn't getting accomplished, but we each have a way about doing things and none of them is wrong. It's just how we work. So sometimes things that we put labels on and I put a label of Super Bowl on, it's just for identification. It's not mm -hmm. for putting somebody in a box because pigeonholing is something you don't want to do with a Super Bowl because we'll take our ball and we'll go home. So, so you want to be able to allow somebody to breathe. And that's something like you said, it's a choice when they want to focus, man, they focus and it's, mm -hmm. it's wicked focus it's like laser focused yeah so, yeah so they had the ability they just showed us they had that ability it's just a matter of the desire so that goes to there is some a reason why they're being distracted they don't like what they're doing they mm -hmm. don't understand it it scares them there's so many reasons and then if we can find the cause that's causing that disconnect on that particular project task or function then we can usually we can usually circumvent it, show them what it is so that they can start identify it themselves. It's like having a really good golf pro. My golf pro told, showed me what I was doing and showed me what I was doing wrong. And I was like, help me understand why. So that when you're not on the, the golf course with me, I can recreate this. And he goes, well, if you do X and the ball goes this way, it's because you're not rotating completely to get the ball to go this way where you really want it to go. So now I know, oh, if my ball went that way, I didn't rotate completely. So I have the logic behind it. That's what someone for me, my, you know, in working with people who have ADHD as well as Super Bowl syndrome, um, that's exactly what it is. If we understand it, we can self-correct. This is interesting on a number of levels for me. Not the least mm -hmm. of which is I'd never been labeled as ADHD. I probably could have been at some point, but I never was. Uh, but I can totally identify with wanting to know what the end result is before I do something. Not quite for the reasons you outlined, but more because I just get bored if I don't know what the result is. Well, same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's partially getting bored. Yeah. It's like, I want to know where we're going with this. You know, it's like going on a trip and not knowing where we're going. Well, where are we going? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Well, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> See You're right. <laughs> That doesn't work for me at all. I want to know where we're going because what, what am I supposed to pack? Should I pack a swimsuit or should I pack mm -hmm. a swimsuit? What You know, you can't leave me out in the dark on this. That just doesn't work for my mind. Mm -mm. Yeah. I guess some people are more acclimated to the surprise than others are. Yeah, and I love surprises. Don't get me wrong. There are certain cases where I will just go with the flow, um, and, and it surprises me when I do because, you know, I'm 
that person. You know, I mm-hmm. like to know what's going on. Tell me what's going. What are we doing? Why are you doing that? What are you ordering for dinner? I love those questions. They make me feel really <laughs> oh, maybe I'll make a different choice. You're getting what? Oh, maybe I'll try that. No, no, no. I want the first thing that I want. So I, I <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's a cartoon up here, I'm telling you, but it works. <laughs> well, the most important part is you figured out what not only what works for you, but what works for people that you're best skilled at working with. I mean, that, yeah. right, that, that all by itself, I don't care what field you're in, do that. You're going to be a success in anything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To teach you how to actually take the action, harness that energy and still get the joy and, you know, be able to, to do what you want to do and take that action, get out mm-hmm. of that box. And then once they do, once they figure it out, man, they're on fire and you can't say they're unstoppable. You're unstoppable once you figure it out. One of the topics I like to address a lot here is the interaction between um, self-confidence and social connection. And there, there are a lot of ways we've, we've approached that here on the show. I get the feeling that what we're talking about here is kind of a new way of coming at that topic. Because to me, though, that that's like the magic duo. Like mm-hmm. um, for, for my ex-wife, the magic cooking ingredients were onions, peppers, and I can't remember what the third thing was. And, and if you had those things, you could make a meal out of anything. Now, that, that, those, those were her, her magic ingredients. For me, the magic ingredients for success are self-confidence and social, social connections. If you got those two things, you can succeed at anything. <laughs> but how do we get there is always the big question. And, and what I'm hearing you, now I'm gonna let, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm not going to go too far with this. But the way I'm picking this up, let's put it that way, is that for you and what you're describing, your self-confidence comes from your ability to understand your own process, which you've been outlining here very, very clearly. And your connections come from your ability to identify other people who need the same kind of process and working with them. And, and that's your that's your winning formula right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's anybody's winning formula. You know, we all mm-hmm. serve our former selves. So my out of control Super Bowl was my former self. My in my inability to settle with the fact that I can't do a lot of these things or I'm not getting out of the box or I'm not completing tasks, it left me feeling very cluttered and I needed to close up those opens and incompletes so I could be my best self and serve other people. So how did I do that? I discovered what it would take to harness this energy and make it a positive because it is a positive. I think it is a positive. I love my energy and uh, effervescence and it wouldn't be me if I was any other way, right? So, mm-hmm. so you want to contain that, um, learn how to do it and take those tasks and that I'm able to share that with other people, able to identify it makes it even better. But you said success, right? Mm-hmm. And what was the second thing? Uh, well, no, success. The formula that I outline is that any kind of success in any field is determined by two factors: self confidence okay. and social connections. Right, but it also you also have to take action. So you can have you great social connections, and you can have you know the the confidence that you want. But if you don't take action on what you want to do. Mm. There's the third level of, of success. So what I found in my experience and through the teachings that I found is one thread that ran through everything was, or two threads that run through everything is taking action and consistency. Mm-hmm. You could do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, 
and you will get better and you will be successful at that, right? Sure. So a good baseball player will keep practicing. He'll keep hitting, he'll keep hitting, or she will keep hitting the ball, hitting the ball, hitting the ball, hitting the ball until they get really, really good at it. And the more they practice, the better they get. Will, will mm-hmm. uh, Chamberlain, perfect example. He didn't mm-hmm. make his team. He didn't, he got cut in high school That's and he true. went, Oh no. And he went and he practiced until he couldn't practice anymore. And now look where he goes. So mm-hmm. it's, it's um, being consistent and taking that action. He took action. He said, no, that's not acceptable. That doesn't work for me. And he went and went and he went and just practiced until he got better, better, good enough to be on the team. And then he excelled from there because he had created a habit and a pattern of success for himself mm-hmm. that became greater and greater, even bigger than he even really imagined and why he's such a really great role model. I'm glad you mentioned the action piece. I have to admit, when I think about self-confidence, to me, part of the definition of self-confidence is somebody who's ready to go take action. Mm. I can but be action- not necessarily. I could be ready to take action but never take those steps, and that's a Super Bowl does that too. We come up yeah. against it and something stops us. And if we don't, if we can't identify what's stopping us, I'll give you an example. So the, how I discovered the syndrome is I was um, – you know, in my work week, I have an office in my house and all of a sudden I found myself doing something I really hate doing. I don't like folding laundry. I don't really know anybody who loves it, but I do not. <laughs> like it. But I know I have to do it. It's an important role that I do for my family. I actually like doing it when it's all folded it's, and done. I love it because now it's all nice and neat and that, you know, helps and attributes to other things because I like things organized. Mm-hmm. So um, also another symptom by the way um being organized and yet we're not isn't that weird um but so i'm down there and i'm folding laundry it was during my work week during the day and i'm sitting there going why am i doing this at this point what am i avoiding and i knew exactly Mm -hmm. what i was avoiding i knew i had to make a very difficult phone call i wasn't looking forward to it i was fearful that the answer was going to be no i probably thought it was going to be no i was thinking very catastrophic instead of anastrophic which is very unlike me but i wanted it so badly that i put so much weight on it that now it was making it impossible for me to move so i wanted to take action i was ready to take action but i didn't take action because of that little bit of fear so i had i stopped myself and went oh I know what I have to do. Go upstairs and go do it. I actually like self-talk to myself, self-coach mm-hmm. myself, put the laundry down. And and by the way, I justified doing the laundry because that was an important thing for my family to do. So I replaced it with something else. Someone said this morning to me, one of my clients this morning said to me, well, I kind of substitute not feeling well because I have Hashimoto's. I substitute that as a reason for me not doing this. And I was like, well, that's an excuse, right? We're throwing an excuse on the table. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you from doing what you're doing? She goes, I don't really want to do it. And I was like, well, there's the truth. Truth comes out when you really ask those tough questions to yourself. So I went upstairs. I made that phone call. And weirdly enough and almost aggravating, he was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> I tortured myself for two weeks for nothing because the answer was actually ultimately yes. And so here I was thinking the worst case scenario when the best case scenario ended up and I wasted two weeks of time, but I got all my laundry folder. So upside on that. But, you know, with that said, that's what I'm talking about is that we could be ready to take action, but we have to actually do the steps of taking action. And that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of people need accountability. That's where a lot of people need a coach, someone standing by them who will say, or a bestie, whoever, um, who's going to stand by them and and call you on it and say, listen, you made a commitment to do X, Y, and Z. 
Why aren't we taking those steps to ask those questions if you can't ask yourself? And might I point something else out? And this is kind of very fervent for me, is that if you do, and I hope you do get a coach for accountability and for all, for tools, it's always good to have somebody on the sideline looking in. Make sure they have a coach. Um, it's really important because we all need coaches. And if they don't have a coach, they're probably not coachable. So I would just wonder what kind of advice they're giving if they're not doing it themselves. So it's walk in the shoes. I walk in the shoes. I ask nothing of my clients to do. I don't recommend anything if I haven't done it myself. And if we're going to do it together, I'll walk with them because I know the walk. Been there, done that, have a couple of T-shirts of how not to do it that way. You know, this right. is you might want to do it this way because I did that. That didn't end well. So, so, and that's, that's a helpful to having that kind of life experience helps mm -hmm. are, be able to say, here's a, a hurdle. You could take the hurdle, you could jump the hurdle, or we can walk around it. My choice is always to kind of walk around it. It doesn't take as much effort. <laughs> I love it. That's fun. <laughs> that's really fun. You know, it, this is also a great reminder to me how much I, I love doing this podcast because I've mentioned this many times. I love the different perspectives that I get from. Mm -hmm co-hosts, from guests, um, listeners, and sometimes even for myself, I sometimes surprise myself with stuff that I come up with. But the, all the different perspectives just have fed me over the years. And here you are giving me another perspective. Now, the perspective I've had for the longest time about doing uh, folding laundry is that it's a great way to calm myself down so I can get to a point where I can do something. And here you are saying, well, the laundry is actually getting in the way of me doing the thing I needed to do. I said, okay, well, yeah, all right. We got two different ways of looking at the exact same thing. That's fascinating. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's something I don't enjoy. And I only really like to do things that I like to do. So, again, going back to the ADHD type of a scenario is I only want to do what I want to do. So I'll do that because I have to. I should say I get to do it because I get the benefit of it. But yeah, so I love the different perspective of doing the laundry. You're like, okay, it calms me down. Um, I like to meditate. That calms me down. So when mm -hmm. I'm, I just go take five minutes, I go meditate and then I'm like, oh, and I'm in a happy zone. <laughs> it's really fascinating. I mean, cause I, I often will, will do something, a mindless task like that, you know, just do the dishes, fold the laundry, something like that in order to calm myself down because I am trying to avoid something. And the, and the process of calming myself down makes it clear to me what it was that I wasn't clear about before that I was trying to avoid. You know, so. yeah. And there's <laughs> so something to be said about doing something that's, you know, mindless or not, you know, we need to shut our brains down. That's why we yeah. need to take time off. Anybody who's mm -hmm. working 24 seven workaholics, you <sighs> just keep working, but you're going to exhaust yourself. I know I used to be one. Oh, yeah. um, and I have to shut, shut my brain down and all the answers come. That's why I meditate. My answers mm -hmm. come from my meditation. It's amazing what comes to me when I meditate. I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. there it is. There's the answer to that, you know, challenge that I'm mm -hmm. having. Oh, there's how I should probably address this situation. You know, there's nothing that we can't solve. Um, it's just we have to give our, our mind time to shh. Yeah. So, yeah. And when you have a carnival in your head, it's hard to shh it. So mm -hmm. that's why I do a specific, I'm actually certified as a Kundalini yoga meditative oh. practitioner. That's two okay. weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's true. Um, and, and I did that because the old, you know, I, when I was 18, I'll never forget this. When I was 18, I was like, I'm going to meditate. I don't know why I thought I needed to do that, but I got a book on meditation and I was reading it and they said, okay, I'll never forget this. They said, okay, now picture a white piece of paper 
And I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, just so clear your mind. And I'm like, da -da -la -la -la, to do list. And don't forget to do it. My head started like, I don't know. It was like almost I gave it this permission to just start going at it. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, shush, everybody needs to shoot. And I, it didn't work. So what mm -hmm. Kundalini does that it does not do, you know, just pure meditation is it gives you uh, languaging. It, it gives you vi vocal vibration. So now you're activating your voice. Mm. That while you're concentrating on vocal vibration, the truth is we can all multitask, but we can't really do more than one thing. So if somebody, if you like, if you stub your toe and then hit your wrist, you're going to be focused on either the toe or the wrist, but you're not going to be focused on both pains at the same time. Right. Same thing with focusing on actions. So with that and then hand motions, there's hand motions of, uh, associated with the Kundalini practice. Um, while you're doing the hand motions or if you get really into Kundalini, there's a yoga poses you have to hold. While you're sitting there trying not to shake and, and fall like a house of cards, you know, mm -hmm. you're focused on that and this shushes. And anything to get this to quiet down is good. And the longer you practice meditation, the easier it is to bring it back. And I'm sure that you've heard, if you've ever meditated, you've heard that you know, if you keep doing this, you could bring it right back there, right back where you are in the temple, right back where you are in that quiet place, that happy place on the beach, wherever you establish as that, that, that cone of silence type of a place <laughs> where you, where you could sit there that you'll be able to do it instantaneously. And now I can, I can shush all the voices in my head, but the reality is they're still there. They just know they're mm -hmm. in a timeout right now. <laughs> the strategies that people have come up with. I mean, I, we, we talked a little bit like uh, Alex said, we talked with our guest last week about Kundalini yoga and, mm -hmm. The, the, he, he didn't really go into great detail about the processing. He took, at our request, he talked more about, um, what it's, what, what happens in your body when you're doing it. Um, but still a very interesting conversation. Uh, but, but what I'm thinking about right now is we, we all have our different ways of going at things. Like I never learned Kundalini yoga, but I was trying to learn how to quiet my mind. The first thing I did is I gave up a meditation and then I came back many, many years later on saying, okay, I guess I got to do this damn thing that I really don't want to have to do. And, and the, I, I'm not even sure exactly how I got there. I, I think I just kind of got there by, what did I do? I, I like what you just said. And then the reason why I'm clapping. I'm really sure what I did. I love what you said because, and I'm clapping because anytime I've done, taken the biggest, most important step so far in my life, and I've had those transitions, it's when I look back, I'm like, how did I? Get yeah. There. How did I do that? I don't, I don't even remember how I got there. Like, I don't remember how I got to Kundalini Yoga. I just know that I stopped because I, that the white page didn't work for me. And I knew I wanted to do it again. And somehow I don't remember. I don't remember how I got my radio show. I don't remember how I ended up writing the book. I don't oh. remember those things, you know? Actually, I, now I do remember. It just came to me finally. I, it's something I've talked about previously on the show, but I blanked out. <laughs> about it. I don't know why. Very interesting. No, no, I, I, I did it through mirror exercises. Oh, right. Great. Right. That's how I did it. I, and, and I, I've told the story many times how, you know, the first day was horrible. The second day was not quite as horrible. The third day was a little bit better than horrible. And by 18, I was getting, you know, considerably better. And then by day 25, I think it was, I noticed that the voices were getting a little bit quieter. And then by day 30, they, oh my God, they were gone. Where'd they go? <laughs> yeah, 30 days creates a habit. You know, yeah. 90 days creates a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. But listen to what you said. You did mirror exercises. Yeah. They were actions. They, they were. were 
they were ability to distract your brain and quiet it. And yes, you know what I did when I first started, it was like, am I doing this right? <laughs> right? The paranoia. <laughs> Is this how it feels? I don't, because nobody explains like, am I supposed to feel like this? Are the, are these voices in everybody else's head? Is it just me? Should I be right. saying doctor about this? You know, <laughs> so, and, and, and when you have like, you're very, I'm very empathic and I'm sure you've spoken to people like that. And so when you have things like that, you're not sure, like, is it me? Am I making mm. it up? Is, is mm-hmm. this like reality? Am I really having a conversation with source, universe, God, however you refer to your higher power? You know, am I, is it really happening? And, um, you know, that's when you normalize yourself by finding other people who have it happen to them. And you're like, what did it sound like to you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so you're that's like, okay, you- God, I'm on the right track. So, yeah, it's that, confirmation because it's it new, is. different. You know, well, it's also how you do a podcast for 10 years. You you ask those exact questions over and over yeah. and over again about a whole bunch of different people. Yeah. And you get, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, you get different answers and you find a different right. perspective. I love different perspectives. I don't know why people are so afraid of different views and perspectives. I learn the most when I see, see through someone else's eyes. I think it's awesome because I'm like, huh, never thought of it that way. Very interesting. And that changes forever how I think of that particular topic or whatever, because now I have that vision as well. So we, by speaking to other people, getting other visions, getting others' perspective, I'm always inquiring. I, I'm the question girl. You know, everybody's like, oh, shocking. Lorian has a question. <laughs> I actually think I know the answer to your question, by the way, about, you know, how, how do we get to that place where we're afraid of, of perspectives? I think it's the fear itself. It's, it's, the, it's the knowledge that if we get a new perspective, it might challenge our fears and we don't want our fears to be challenged. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and very good. That's, that's, Perfect. That's absolutely perfect. But what are we really fear, fearful of? Because if we, if we're learning something that may be better, we're, di- we're going to replace our old thoughts with the new thoughts. Mm. And the only reason we're, why we're replacing those old thoughts, which by the way, what are beliefs? Beliefs are just thoughts we think over and over again. Yep. That's why when we see a TV station, please turn off your TVs. When you, Thank see, you. A TV, <laughs> when you see a TV, listen to LOA today instead. <laughs> that's right. right, exactly. Because you're going to get something that's going to lift you up and it's going to mm. improve your life as opposed to the, the messaging they want you to hear over and over and over again. There's a reason why they do those 30 second commercials over and over and over oh, again. Yeah. You know, you hear brand name, brand name, brand name, mm-hmm. brand, and all of a sudden you're buying brand name. You don't even know why. It's because <laughs> you're over and over again. So it's the same. So those thoughts become beliefs. Oh, I must believe that this is a good product or I must believe I have to go do X or Y or I must believe I'm a terrible person because I don't do X or what, you know, so they're trying it's it's training. That's why my mom always called it a boob tube. I never understood that. Now I understand why, because it's it's just a training device. Mm-hmm. So I say shut that off. Listen to great things like this. Pick up a book. Um, I do a power hour in the morning where, you know, it's movement, it's exercise, it's yoga, it's meditation, it's my gratitude journal, and it's, you know, it's reading. You know, I'll read something, I'll listen to a podcast, I'll, anything to um, educate me, lift me up, make me a little better than I was the day before. And this kind of a podcast does that. It, it lifts you up. It gives you things to be thoughtful of and go, huh, different perspectives. So different perspectives actually are a good thing. And change is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. just you have to be ready to move. I'm actually, and I teach this to my clients, I'm actually more comfortable being uncomfortable than I am being comfortable. <laughs> I love that phrasing. That's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd rather be uncomfortable because then I know I'm growing and I'm learning. When yeah. I'm comfortable, I'm like, rut row. 
<laughs> I must not be doing something. I got to do something now. So, yeah. That's a very interesting perspective. And it's actually, I think it's 100% accurate. I mean, because we've all talked about comfort zones, or I, as I like to term them, familiar zones. Yeah. And, and they're, they're poisonous. I mean, they can quite be. honestly. They That's can true. Be. And they, yeah. they lead to potentially bad habits. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and they lead to you not trying new things. And mm -hmm. new is so exciting. Different is so exciting. So if what it is, is fear is, is our, you can interchange fear and stress. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Fear and stress. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So we interchange fear and stress, and it stresses me out to try something new. Oh, you're fearful of it, then, right? So it, mm -hmm. it's interchangeable. So now let's push through that fear and stress. And I'm going to tell you a little quick personal story about pushing through fear. Um, on the other side, what does the other side look like? So mm -hmm. that's we're fearing the unknown. We're being catastrophic. What if instead of being catastrophic and thinking worst case scenario, we think best case scenario that there's something beautiful rainbow on the other side of whatever that fear is that mm -hmm. there's positivity on the other side. So here's my quick story. Um, at 50, I decided I was going to ride a motorcycle. People around me rode motorcycles. It was very exciting. Um, I loved being on the back of a motorcycle and somebody talked me into driving a motorcycle mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden I owned a motorcycle. I don't even want to go into why that. <laughs> no. She doesn't know how she got there. She owns a motorcycle. <laughs> Don't know how I got there. Um, suddenly my friend's driving this motorcycle back that I just got. Anyway, long story short, um, I'm really big about when I make a commitment, living up to that commitment, right? Mm -hmm. So I I make a commitment to go up to Laconia, New Hampshire, right? Mm -hmm. I take this ride with this whole group. And I made this commitment. The week before, I had all the equipment. I had my packs. I had everything I needed. Week before, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. This is crazy. I'm not going up there. I've never driven this long on my bike before. I think the most I've driven was about two hours on the bike at one place. And we're talking an eight-hour ride from where, mm. I, where I live right now. And yeah. getting on a ferry. And getting off a ferry. I'm oh, like, boy. Oh. Driving on highways. You know, I, LA, yeah. Long Island Expressway is one thing. But, yikes, we're talking, you know, 95, the big trucks. Oh, my God. So I'm sitting there talking myself out of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if I... Decide I hate it. My answer to myself is I'll rent a truck, put the bike in the back of the truck, drive uh, it back, maybe put it in my garage. Don't know. Okay. Well, what if I get too tired and I can't stay on the bike? Cause it's heavy. It's a 600, it's a 500 pound, almost 600 pound um, bike. What hmm. if I get too tired and I can't do this? I'll rent a truck, put the, the, the bike in the back of the truck, drive it home, blah, blah. What if I crash? I'll take the pieces of the bike, throw it in the back, <laughs> take it home, get better, rethink my life. <laughs> with it, right? So I couldn't even come up with an excuse that I could really live with. So here I am that morning meeting everybody at 5 a.m. at the 7-Eleven on 112. Anybody who knows it knows where it is. I'm maybe 10 minutes away from there. Um, I... My bike is really loud, obviously. We won, and I learned why bikes are so loud. I used to think they were so obnoxious. Why are you so obnoxious? Why do they have to be so loud? Because if they don't see you, you want them to hear you. Mm. Mm. There's value so to that. 4.30 in the morning, I decide to start a half an hour early, 10 minutes away. I'm there doing this. I get on my bike, and I was like, let me walk it to the bottom of my driveway because I don't want to disturb my neighbors. <laughs> I have to start it at one point. So <laughs> I'll start it at the end. So I'm sitting there on the end, end of the driveway. I'm sweating bullets. I'm in my leather. I have my helmet on. You know, my calm is ready. 
And I'm sitting there 4.30 in the morning, looking to the right, looking to the left, looking to the right, looking to the left. There is no car in sight. Why am I looking to the right and looking to the left, right? Procrastination, big time. And then I was like, stop it. Let's just go. I turn on my motorcycle. I go across the road. I go over the curb. I go through the bushes. I go over the curb. I go back on the road. I'm like, huh, still standing. Let's go. Let's do this. And I took off. I didn't give up. I pushed through the fear. I went there. I joined them. I had never gotten on a, a ferry before. They're telling me these nightmare stories. You know, the boat's moving and you're having to move and there's a there's things going on at the same time. Okay. Um, I get there. I ride it on. They high five me. Good job. Good job. Because, you know, I could drop it at any time, right? Dropping means you, you laid the bike down, right? Yeah. So, and then the same thing coming off. Now, on the Connecticut side, your side, actually, Walt, on the Connecticut side, there's a differential with the height. Oh. And I'm looking at this with the biggest eyes, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I'm thinking, maybe I can ask one of the guys to take it. Maybe I can get in somebody's car. Maybe I just stay on the, the ferry and not get off. All these things are running through my thinking, all these throwing everything out. And then I was like, stop it. Just get on the bike and go. You're already here. You're already committed. Just do it. And you don't want to look like a, you know. Yeah give up her. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get on there. I get, go across. I do a little bumpy jump and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. And I make it. And it was really cool. And I felt really good. I was like, huh, that wasn't so bad. And I take this ride all the way up on this beautiful road. It was magnificent. First time I ever switched. You have to actually switch your, um, there's a reserve on your tank. Um, and my bike doesn't have a gas gauge. It's not a fancy bike. It's a, a V star. It's a beautiful bike, but it doesn't have things like the gas tank reader and stuff like that. So you actually have to, on the fly, flip it. I've never done that before. So I was like, how do I do this? They're like, flip it. I don't even know where the flip is. So they're telling me as we're riding how to do this. So I have to like keep throttling at the same time, flipping it at the same time, keep the bike up. So I'm leaning over. I'm like, oh my God, there's a weight shift. What do I do? But I do it. So all these learning curves as I go up. Now I live on Long Island. It's pretty flat, almost done, pretty flat mountainous we're in laconia it's mountains i've never started my bike on an angle on a mountain what does it do it rolls back i'm like holy moly so i'm sitting on this hill and i'm and the guys are really cool they're like it's okay you just take your time don't rust don't feel i'm sweating again they're behind me protecting they they keep the other cars off as i'm trying to start up and i'm sliding back and i'm stalling and i'm sliding back and i'm stalling and then at one point I have my foot on the brake. They're like, put your foot on the brake, lean in it. They're t- walking me through it. So I go through, go doing all that and I'm ready to take off and the bike won't go. I got the, everything's working. The V goes down, which is the front of the bike goes down. That means you've connected in and I won't go. I was holding on for dear life on the brake. Oh, uh, right. I finally let off and I was like, and I took off that. <laughs> it was great, but I did it on my way home. There was an elation of success. I got over all of those fears. I jumped all of those hurdles because I took the risk and I saw the rainbow on the other side. The feeling was like I had given birth. The feeling like I was five again and I learned, you know, I learned something new. The feeling was just such success. That's the feeling of success. When you push through that fear of being successful, when you push through the fear of the unknown and get to the other side, I'm telling you, there are rainbows, there are butterflies, there's there's unicorns. Okay. <laughs> well, that was different. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I guess the cleaning crew are here. <laughs> Surprise! So sorry. <laughs> All good. <laughs> and there's a crescendo of the unicorns. I'm telling you, it was. Uh, <laughs> they were fireworks, but that's how I felt. I felt so elated and empowered that I was able to do it. And now I'm, you know, driving home and that energy was the whole ride home, the six hours of riding. I didn't get tired because I was able to jump mm. those hurdles and take them. And, and I surrounded myself with knowing people. I, I mean, I did not do this by myself. They knew how to c- protect me. They kept me in the middle of the pack. They taught me how to ride in a pack. There's, there's tools you have to, to learn. And they, they taught me how to do that, but I took the step. Even mm-hmm. after I went over the curb, through the brush, over the curb, and stood, stood standing, I could have laid down that bike at any time. And I could have walked it back into my garage. I could have given up right then. Nope, not going. And I didn't do that. And um, and those are the feelings you get when you're successful, when you complete that project. And that's mm-hmm. that's the elation I want everyone to feel. I want them to be able to feel that. You probably do all the time, Alex, because this is just what you do. You know, Actually, you- no. No, weird. So like, all right, like Walt knows he's been with me for a while. Um, when I first met Walt, I was in the hard set middle of agoraphobia. So for me, I see you getting excited about all your triumphs and I'm just like, I low key played mine down so that I wouldn't self sabotage. So I was just like, it's just a regular day. I'm going camping, but it's just a regular day. (laughs) Okay. And then, but then you would think when I got home, I'd be like, I went camping. No, I would just, I just kept it low key. Just, oh, girl, you got to celebrate. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I know that now. <laughs> yeah, we don't celebrate ourselves enough. We take our successes for granted. And we yeah. need to, that's why every Friday I, I take out your phone, put it on your phone, block mm-hmm. out Friday, block out 15 minutes. And I need you to turn around and look back on your week and find something. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't yeah. have to be learning how to ride a bike. It doesn't, it, it could be the littlest thing, getting out of bed. Sometimes that's a big success for that week. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes people have a hard time getting out of their house, taking those steps. Uh, we get into that comfort zone, put yourself out of comfort. So look back on your week and find something to celebrate. It could have been getting to places on time. Maybe that wasn't your mm-hmm. strong suit. Now you're getting to places on time. It could be, you know, any little thing that you did, celebrate. So you going camping when that was out of your comfort zone? Yes. Well, yeah. Camping is just amazing. I am not sleeping on the ground. You're not getting me camping. Oh, I hold on. No. <laughs> you get me camping in an RV. I'll do that. I have an electric. I like sleep on the ground. You're cute. <laughs> I have a double, double queen with a, with a, with a blow up, um, what are they called? A bed frame. It, oh. <laughs> and it's, and I have a three bedroom tent. Like it's no, I, oh, if I'm okay. going to camp, I have you, stipulations. You don't camp, you Stop it. I yes. All right. Now okay. that makes sense. To me, I have a blow dryer. If you can't, if you can't, if I, yeah, I need Wi Fi and electricity or I'm not going. <laughs> I could I could glamp with you. All right, we can yeah, glamp together. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we can glamp yeah. together. All I saw was like, I don't know, you know, the bags you sleep in. I'm like, that's not happening. That's what I saw. My husband first brought it up to me. I was like, no, no offense, that's some white people shit. I'm not doing it. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to the woods <laughs> in the dark 
Like, this is a horror movie written badly and black people die first. I'm not doing it. It reminds me of that Geico commercial where they're like, run, hide behind the chainsaws. I'm like, what? Yeah. Love that commercial. That's so Should we run to the running car? No, hide behind the chainsaws. Yes. That's what I saw. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. But here I am four camping trips later. And I'm alive. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely glamping, and I love that. And yeah, it is. Kind of level, but you still did it. And that's yeah. the is that you still did it. You were like, well, wait, I have rules to this game. If you'll yeah. meet my rules, then we'll yeah. do it we'll try it. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's the first time I went white road to rafting. I'm like, what now? You want to right? do it? Right? <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> you want me to get in the boat and do what? So where? <laughs> what speed? So, no, thank yeah. you. And and I was just like, so I have a level of danger, right? So mm-hmm. even on rides, I don't go on a lot of rides. If it requires harnesses and bars and helmets, yeah, I'm not getting on that. I'm just no, like, I'm holding the purses. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll check that. I'll check that mm-hmm. out without a, without a doubt. But like he was like, no, no, no. You did. They'll give you a, a life vest, but you don't have to wear it. Don't don't worry about it. It's fine. And then you we don't have to wear it. <laughs> Yeah, well, because it wasn't a level five. I went okay. on level, All I right. level five down in um, uh, New Mexico with him, and that was fierce. But here's the trick on that. This is for anybody, any of your listeners to to put in the bank. Make mm-hmm. sure you sit behind the biggest person because when those waves hit, they hit him and you duck. So I ducked and they were, he was getting killed and I was, I was like, fine. I was like, this is fun, but I kept ducking. So, um, so the gentleman in front of me was, he was really, really tall. So it was awesome. <laughs> so there's my little hands on level fives, but that was awesome. Our boat literally went up vertically and then came down like that. And I was like, this is exciting and terrifying all at the same time. But yeah, it was- that's a hard pass. Walt, are we going whitewater rafting? Cause you're the big guy. So. <laughs> It's all behind him. It, uh, it was yeah. directional, and that's a category five. They're very rare to find. Um, the one that we go up in upstate New York, um, I, I don't even think you can call it whitewater rafting. It's, it's <laughs> let me explain it this way: on the raft, I have my pup, and on the pup is on the standing on the side of the raft, and we're going through the water. Ah, yes, that's okay. pretty. pretty well, mild. I think that's more along your line, right? All right, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, it's it's really kind of like floating. <laughs> I don't want to get white water raft. It's more tubing. <laughs> yeah, it's more tubing. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, that's that's the level I like. I like yeah. that a lot, you know. And, yeah. and I don't have to to row. I always keep. By the way, second note: always keep a pup because you have to take care of the pup. So yep. other people row. Yep. Little little lessons I learned along the way. <laughs> These strategies are fat and, and the, the whole strategy about being behind the big person is one I can identify with personally because many, 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 many years ago, uh, a year or two after I got married, um, we, we were on a lake in Virginia and we were on a jet ski and oh. all of a sudden a storm comes up. It, it's my, my wife, my niece and myself and the storm comes up and it's just, you know, driving rain and, and wind and the, you know, you don't normally get big waves on a lake, but we have these huge waves. And of course, they're sitting behind me, and I'm the one who's riding through the storm, trying to, you know, shelter them and, and get us into port and so forth. And they're hiding behind my back, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really great. At one point, um, Anthony, my partner, he was in the front of the boat, and he was sit- sitting next to this woman, and we hit one of those things, and mm-hmm. I just saw him reach over and grab the back of her vest and pull her back on the boat. And wow. I'm like, 
my God. Yeah. So there was a reason why, because at, at the beginning I was like, well, why is it not sitting next to me? You know, but I was smart enough. Also sit in the back of the boat. Don't sit, in the, never sit in the front. That's mm -hmm. like kind of a roller coaster. You see what's coming. Don't <laughs> Nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. See, Alex, I get you. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're here. So, get you. so all I'm going to ask you, though, is for you is celebrate you every, every week as much as you can. Whatever you do that is out of your comfort zone. I know you want to take it normal when you're going in so you don't freak yourself out. I get that. That's a coping skill. I totally mm -hmm. respect that. But on the way back, celebrate it, that you went through it, you pushed through it, that you were able to do it. And you probably do all these kind of things. And by the way, that picture behind you, gorgeous. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Hold on. Crooked lamp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're sisters, I could tell. My OCD kicked in for a second. Didn't yeah, see yeah, that. I hear you. I got it. I understand. <laughs> totally understand. But yeah, my husband celebrates me so I don't have to. So we'd be like, look what you did today. Look at you go. But I do the same thing for him. I'm like, see, that only took 20 minutes. Look at you go. Yeah, but but in, in the fact that you're celebrating each other, you are celebrating you because yeah. you're listening to that. You're taking that feedback and feedback is so, so important. And yeah, what we do is 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 so important to take those next steps. And we take giant steps that we take for granted. So yeah, celebrate yourself, celebrate you, celebrate your friends. I'm all about the celebration. You know, any reason to like pop one of those poppers. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I think... Uh... There are a couple things I need to say here. First of all, uh, Lorianne, you've done a wonderful job of bringing Alex out because normally if I can get 10 sentences out of her, I'm doing really well. And you just like, she just erupted today. So thank you for that. That was really cool. <laughs> Here's Alex. I, yeah. I, I, if you had, hadn't said that to me and you would say, do you think she's normally like, I'd be like, oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The energy it's is in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I, it is awesome. I'm loving it. Um, I'm also loving the stories that you've been telling us and, and the, the uh, you know, basically teaching us concepts along the way too, which is the best way to tell a story and to teach a concept. I'm loving all of that. You got to tell, before we, we lose you for the day though, you got to tell people a couple things. First of all, you, you got a special uh, program. I think it's called Take Action with Jet Propulsion, which somehow is kind of appropriate considering what we've been talking about here. But tell us about the program. Taking Action with Jet Propulsion is my masterclass. Um, we start a new class at the 15th of every month. We start the new class then, and it starts either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and you can pick any of those days. And that masterclass gives you some really good foundational success principles. It gives you those tools that you need to be able to really learn how to harness your energy and stay in your lane, get to that point where you're completing things. And you also get a, a one-hour laser-focused uh um, coaching session with me where I really look at your business and let's let's look at what we need to do. So I take that big picture of where you want to go from where you are and 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 help you connect those dots so you can leave that hurdle so you can get where you want to go. So it's it's really great. It's a lot of fun. You get a community of people of like minded community having the same challenges or similar challenges um, who have jumped some of those hurdles themselves and they share their what they've learned and their successes. And we also celebrate what you do. You know, even those little things, they matter. Big things are great, too. So um, it's it's a really good way to get that foundational work in there. 
Yeah, sounds really, really good. And uh, I know you emailed me uh, a link to your webpage, so we'll be able to put that into the show notes. But let's tell people, too, how they can find it, too, in case they're just too damn lazy to look at the description. How do they find that particular page? Where, where is it? Is it on a website? What do they do? Yeah, so if you want to go to ldcstrategies.com, that's ldcstrategies.com. I, I know I'm told all the time I talk New York fast. Um, so <laughs> don't give people time to write it down. Wait, I'm getting a pen. Um, and if you go there... <laughs> You can you can absolutely find the link. You can email me. I'll send the link to you. Um, I'll also send to your listeners if they tell me that they heard me on or saw me on LOA today. Uh, I will also give them a little freebie, which is three steps to to cleaning up your opens, messes, and incompletes, which is a really good starting off point before the masterclass. Very nice. I love it. Nice, Alex. You get the final word. What What do you think about Lorianne? That doesn't work for me. <laughs> it's my new, it's my new standard for setting boundaries. Like it's no longer respectfully. It's that doesn't work for me. Respectfully. <laughs> oh, good. I thought it was my question that didn't work. So thank you for clarifying. <laughs> no, that's what I got from her. That's what, that's what I'm taking. <laughs> that's, that's a great takeaway. I'm telling you, it will. Yeah. Well. I have people who text me and they say, I just used it. And I was like, yeah. oh, perfect. And stopped them in their tracks. And I'm like, I know. Cause oh my God. It's going to come in such handy. Oh, yeah. no, sorry for myself using it. Yeah. And I apologize in advance for everybody else. Sorry. I'm not going to do the dishes. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> it's a Respectfully, complete- that doesn't work for me. It's a complete no. sentence. <laughs> Send your letters and plaint to Alex Standy, care of LA Today. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Lorianne, for, for joining us and, and sharing these delightful stories and, and just sharing this time. The, the energy here has been fabulous. So we really do appreciate you very much. And something I want to tell you, too, that I, I, I tell all of our guests, because you, like all the rest of them, you're a giver. And givers don't often get recognized for the giving especially with people who consume their content. They never see them. They never hear from them. They don't know what's going on with them. We kind of, we, we kind of let them slip through the cracks, but they're important. And, and your contribution to them is important. So what I like to do is say on behalf of those people you've never met and that you've never seen and that you never know, never will meet, you never will see who you've been helping and will continue to help over the years. Thank you for what you've been doing and what you're continuing to do. Thank you. That's so kind. Thank you. Thank you for what you both are doing. I, what you do is is so important to get the message out there, to let people have an opportunity to put their toe, their big toe in the water to see what these different things are and what's out there available. Because if we didn't have communities like this elevating people's awareness, uh, there would be a lot of lost people. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for having me on. This has been a blast. And Alex, rock star. I'm just saying we'll go hey. what you <laughs> I'm still out. I'm still out. I'm still behind Walt, though. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. You and me both. He's six eight. He can cover both of us. It's fine. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Glamping. I'm in. Glamping. Right. Period. Well, thank you. I'm I'm fully grateful for this opportunity and time to spend the time with you and with your listeners and viewers. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Well, well, thank you for uh, making this your daily dose of happy because we really appreciate that as well. And thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.